Bill O'Reilly, how you doing? And he's never coming back. Really? I know where he is. Uh oh, where is he? Yeah, he's in a bunker. He's cooking turnips. <laughs> That's what he's doing. So I promise. Anyway, thanks for having me on, Simone. I talked to you earlier today on WOR, and uh, oh yeah, I should yeah, just run that do. tape again. You were brilliant, <laughs> and, I, and I was just founding around as I usually do. You did the whole thing. I ask a question, and you you do the hard part. So let, let me ask you a question. Everybody's sure. going to Thanksgiving dinner. You're going to be sitting there with these uh, liberal relatives getting into a fight. Uh, do, do you try to reason with them? Do you try to explain to them uh, crime is bad, uh, letting everybody out of jails, but or what do you do? How do you deal with a liberal that's just crazy? Well, I don't believe in uh, politics at dinner. Um, maybe before when you have a little appetizer or after when you're watching Chicago play Detroit, that'll be a thriller. Yeah. Um, but, I, you know, I, I always ask people, and, they, and this question comes up a lot. I say, well, what is, the, uh, what is the goal? Are you trying to persuade Uncle Ted not to be a left-wing loon? Uh, so what are the odds of that? Does Uncle Ted have the capacity to actually consider an opposing point of view? So it all comes down to people believe what they want to believe. It, does, it doesn't matter what the facts are, and I think the Rittenhouse case is the absolute best example we've seen of that lately. It doesn't matter what happened in history. It doesn't matter what's true and what's false. If a person gets into a belief system, a la Hollywood, Okay, and the belief system out there is basically uh, a way to get work, to secure jobs. So yes, I'm I'm a liberal, and they try to out liberal each other, so some director will notice them and put them in a movie or a TV show. So they believe what they want to believe. Now that happens on the right too, but it's a whole different view. On the left, it's we're noble people. We we are so good. <laughs> And that if you oppose us uh, or even raise questions, you are evil, and evil must be destroyed. On the right, it's more we, and I'm generalizing, of course, is it we like conspiracy stuff. We, we really like this. So we're going to go to these websites and tell us that if you get the booster, you're going to turn into a vampire. We, we love that. And and so when Uncle Ted comes over, you have to kind of measure whether he's rational or not. Because if he isn't, or Aunt Betty or whoever it is, then it gets quickly out of control. Well, but you've been watching this for a long time. Explain what happened. It used to be the liberal doesn't like the rich. They should pay more tax or uh, just are overly sensitive about racial. Okay, we could see that. Where did it get to the point where they want everybody let out of jail? We should have no police. Well, when did this all happen? The media drove that. And so when I was working at Fox News and you know, more than 20 years, never had any of these radical, insane people on. Um, and yes, it was a traditional right network, but there wasn't crazy John Birchers out there on Fox News screaming and jumping up and down. It never happened. The guests were vetted. Uh, they were people of accomplishment, um, and they would bring in a cogent argument. You would debate it. That's gone. So now the biggest loon gets the most airtime. So once that started to seep into the culture, then the progressive left, extremely shrewd, by the way, in how they present 
themselves. I said, you know what? All standards of broadcast have broken down. We're going to step in at CNN and MSNBC in particular. Those are the two absolute worst. All right, And we're going to fill it with propagandists. We're going to put them on, and they're going to say, all white people are bad, which they're saying. Yeah. All right? So, like, if you're white, you're bad, whereupon Mother Teresa goes, really? <laughs> you know, I mean, come on. But they want to destroy and tear down the entire country. I'm sure you know about this Wall Street Journal controversy that uh, broke today. You hear about this? Which uh, controversy? So Wall Street Journal publishes uh, every year a uh, editorial on Thanksgiving that tells the story of the pilgrims and then basically says we live in a noble country and we should all be happy that we have such abundance. And they've been doing that for, I don't know, 40 years? Yeah. So now Change.org, a communist organization, which wants to break down everything, is demanding they don't do that. They don't run those editorials because they're racist editorials, because <laughs> uh, the pilgrims were racist and white supremacists, or whatever. They, you know you know what the game is. Yeah. Now, the Wall Street Journal cleverly turned it around and said, no, nah, you know, I think we're going to run the editorials because we don't give in to totalitarians like change.org. Hmm. And now more people will read the editorial in the Wall Street Journal. Ah, but weren't the pilgrims, uh, technically, weren't they illegal aliens, so we must defend them? Well, you know what? It's a fascinating story. And me, as a historian slash journalist or journalist slash historian, whatever you want to do, um, Squanto is the guy. You know you know anything about Squanto? Uh, no, but you, that's from your book, right? Well, I wrote Killing Crazy Horse. Yeah. Which, I'm sorry, I'm sorry I'm a braggart, I really am the best book on Native Americans you'll ever read in your entire life because it's just fact-based and it does not cast judgment. It says, here's what happened. But anyway, Squanto was the leader of an Indian tribe, indigenous peoples for all you wokes listening, okay, in Massachusetts. And Squanto had had an unbelievable life. So early in the 17th century, I think the date was around 1620, an English slave trader grabbed Squanto, okay, very early when the pilgrims had just shown up, and sold Squanto into slavery in Spain. So Squanto, you know, from um, Mashpee, Massachusetts, winds up in Spain as a slave, whereupon he escapes and somehow makes it back to Massachusetts. Now, you'd think the guy would be a little teed off, right? Yeah. You'd think Squanto would go, I'm going to cut as many throats as I can. No. Squanto sees these struggling pilgrims who had no blanking clue on how to deal with the environment, the harsh winter environment of Massachusetts. And he rides in with his crew, and he says, no, we'll help you. So they have three full days of festivities. They had lobster, no turkey, but they had duck. I mean, uh, the menu was great. Yeah. And for three days, the indigenous people and the pilgrims bonded and had a good relationship. That's the first Thanksgiving. How many Americans do you think you know that? 
No, that's great. So why did we get stuck with turkey when we could have had lobster every Thanksgiving? Because uh, the big meat company went, oh, you know, yeah. we, can, we can process this a lot better than, yeah. you know, the others. But Squanto is a genuine hero, and nobody even knows who he is. And, and because that goes against the narrative of all the white people coming here for one purpose, and that's to kill the Indian. Wow. Well, get the book Killing Crazy Horse. Killing Crazy Horse is uh, uh, the best uh, history of all this. Hey, by the way, the Wall Street Journal has put out a statement. They will not bend. They will not bow. They will not cancel that editorial. It will run as usual. So yeah, and I mean, no. I love the Wall Street Journal with their high, indignant tone. They would <laughs> never have canceled that. There's never in a million years would they buckle to these totalitarians on the left. And it actually helps the Wall Street Journal editorial page, which is traditional right, because it just points out the insanity that we're all dealing with now. And I have predicted, and you know this because we've discussed it in detail, that the progressive left is going to collapse next year. Because... Oh, they're, at, they're at their high point now, Yeah, but they're, they're going to collapse, not just recede. They're going to collapse, and CNN's going to be sold. And they're all going to be fired. And there's going to be a total new CNN. Now, NBC, Comcast, they're in big trouble. Because that brand is so huge, but people are starting to look around and they go, NBC is paying people millions of dollars to spew hatred. And that's what they're doing. Disney does it, too, with The View. They're paying people. I call them verbal assassins. And, you know, it's not somebody who's very passionate about their point of view. These are haters. Yeah. These are people who want other people harmed. And, again, you go back to the Rittenhouse thing. You know, they wanted this kid out forever. Forever. He's, they, they, you know, just throw him away, execute him, whatever. That's what they wanted. And and this is harrowing, and they get paid millions of dollars to spew this vitriol. I mean, <laughs> NBC has really got a problem. Hey, so when you say things will change, you mean in the midterm elections, the Democrats will get slaughtered, and that will begin the transition back to something closer to normal? I think it starts before that. You I mean think the- you're seeing uh, local insurrections now against crime uh, in all over the 50 states. And once the traditional Americans who are the majority, once they say, I got to get off my butt and do something, it's over for the progressives. See, for far too long, conservative traditional Americans have taken it. And now, where's the demonstrations against the horrific crime laws in California, Illinois, and New York? Where are they? They don't materialize. But, but people don't think you have to go out in the street and demonstrate for law and order. Who but you do. You really do? At this point in history, there have got to be organizations that organize demonstrations against Black Lives Matter, against all these progressive hooligans. But they don't. it's not there yet. But you're going to start to see it. As people become angrier and angrier because they're paying more and more for the things they need, they're going to be looking for ways, and I want them to be peaceful. I mean, the worst thing in the world would be replicate January 6th. That would be insane. 
you be peaceful. But you got to see numbers in San Francisco and places like this and say, enough. And then in the vote next November, a year from now, I do believe that the Democratic Party is going to fall apart completely. Well, good. Let's end on a high note. That's good news. Uh, hey, everybody, uh, if you haven't gotten Bill O'Reilly's books, get Killing Crazy Horse. Get the latest book, Killing the Mob. Watch the TV show. Get tickets to see Donald Trump and Bill O'Reilly. They'll be touring the country. Everything is at BillOReilly.com. Bill O'Reilly, thanks for being with us. Happy Thanksgiving, Mark, and go Squanto. <laughs> thanks for being with us. Right. Uh, it's Mark Simone here for Sean Hannity. Don't forget, follow me on Instagram. It's Mark Simone NYC at Instagram. And don't forget to go to Hannity.com and, of course, watch Hannity tonight, 9 o'clock on the Fox News Channel. Back with your calls in a moment. Hey, I like what uh, Bill O'Reilly had to say. Uh, it's Mark Simone here for Sean Hannity. I like that. A big collapse. The progressive left just crumbling, collapsing next year. Uh, obviously, in the midterms, and this always happens whenever you get a Democratic president. Happened to Obama. Happened to Bill Clinton. Midterms, two years in, the uh, Republicans take back Congress. It always happens because the Democrats... Uh, always go too far. Uh, this time, it wasn't a case of going too far. They just went nuclear. They just went insane. Uh, $200 billion in infrastructure. I ah, forget that. $4 trillion. Uh, get rid of the police. Uh, let everybody out of jail. I mean, just insane stuff. Uh, let's have gas $6 a gun. It's just insane stuff. Uh, shoplifting. Eh, that's not a crime. So just insane stuff. So you're going to see the biggest slaughter ever in Congress You'll see uh, Republicans uh, take, I don't know, 75 seats in the House, 20 seats in the Senate. It'll be a slaughter. But I guess uh, Bill O'Reilly's point was they'll see this in the polling leading up to this and start trying to correct. Linda's looking at me like I'm nuts. What is that look all No, this is my normal look when I look at you. Oh, yeah, it's true. Because you are nuts. <laughs> I mean, I love you, but you're nuts. What? The look who's talking. You know you're the first person I ever worked with in radio? You do know that. No. You're the first person I ever worked for in radio. What do you mean? Yes. I came in. I was hired to work for Sean Hannity. Do yeah. you really not know this story? Well, I remember you used to screen my Saturday show. On Saturday mornings, they Back put me in. Back then, she was just screen the phone calls. This I would screen the phone calls. Before she was the because, big producer. Well, nobody was able to tolerate you, so they said, put her in there. She can do it. Hey, wait a minute. Hey, oh, hey, wait, oh. They got Ethan there. You used to, wait, Ethan used to screen. I, used to, I screened after Linda screened. Yeah. Was I any uh, problem to work for? No, not no, at all. No, not at all. Well, clearly, it was just you. When we come back on the other <laughs> oh, side, I'm going to finish God. the truth of this story, because I I got the details. I remember very clearly what happened. Uh, okay. Joe Concha will be here for the next <laughs> hour. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> it's Mark Simone here for Sean Hannity. Jeez, I hope he's not listening. Give out your Instagram. Don't forget. Oh, yeah, Instagram. Well, I would give out my Twitter, but every time I get followers. No, but you're getting followers on Instagram. They're following today. I see them. It's the only thing left where they don't shadow ban you. Haven't figured it out. Oh, yeah, that's right. Maybe I should mention it. But uh, And uh, also, you can listen to me on WOR, get my podcast or whatever. It's Mark Simone here for Sean Hannity. Welcome back to the Sean Hannity Show. Mark Simone from our big flagship, 710 WOR in New York. Uh, Linda, you think Sean is listening right now? Absolutely. Oh, I was going to talk to you about <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna, All right, back to inflation. And, A different uh, answer than you expected. No, uh, you know what he tells me? He tells me that he checks in, but he doesn't really listen. And then if something's wrong, he knows I'll tell him. 
Okay, so he's probably not listening. So if he asks, you tell him we were talking about... I told you, I think Bill O'Reilly was right. I think he is in a bunker making turnips. Okay. It's very possible. If he asked, tell him we were talking about the strategic reserve and oil. And inflation and 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 stagflation and the economic destruction uh, under Biden. Sure, I got you. Okay. So uh, now anyway, I didn't realize this. You said the first radio job, the first time you was working with me? That's right. This would be what? Ten years ago? I mean, it was only five years ago. I remained 25 forever. So I, I think mean, it was ten years ago. Time stops. That was the first time you ever worked on a radio show? But in all seriousness, it's very, very funny. I got hired for Sean, but I was working on the weekends. I was singing in the wedding band, still going oh, to that's school, right, yeah. doing all the things, yada, yada. So long story short, at the time, Jack Maldonado, who was the operations director, says, hey, can you help out this guy, Mark Simone? I said, sure. He goes, oh, he's a great guy. There you go. All right. That's enough of the story. (laughs) Sounded like a vote of confidence to me. I'll go for it. Okay, fine. So in I come. I'm very excited. I have no idea what I'm doing. It's very early in the morning. We start the show. And long story short, you start yelling at me. I did. You come in off the commercial break. I didn't yell at you. You start getting all up in my face. I'm like, take it easy. I didn't even have my coffee yet. Slow it down a minute. And you're getting all, you got to do the calls like this. I said, listen, buddy. If you want to talk to me, you got to talk to me. My name is Linda. It's nice to meet you. And we started going back and forth. And you looked at me and you said, you know what? You're feisty. We're going to get along quite all right. And that was it. We've been friends ever since. I I, like, this right. is not at all. This is 100% accurate. I, I probably said, could you screen a little fast? I probably no, said you, one no. thing. First of all, nobody's faster than me. I talk fast. I work fast. I act fast. Everybody knows that. This is not a thing. I mean, you know, there's one speed. It's fast. You know, I've had eight cups of coffee today and all of them have three espressos. But this was 17-year-old you. you First of all, I've always been like this and you know it oh. just saying wait a minute ethan in the control see all of us have worked together for years uh, ethan we used to screen my show yep. did i ever come in yelling at great length no but i do remember one instance oh no anyway in we're out of time you, in which you <laughs> blindly took a call and i was scared crap because you just buy blindly before i even went through the caller and saw what they were going to say you were like i want to go to the caller on line three and i was I was scared. I was very Sean scared. Sean used to do that. We used to do yeah. something called clear the lines every once in a while. And he goes, I'm just going to well, answer the calls. I'm like, I don't think that's a good idea. Okay, first time jumpy, bungee jumping, I could see getting scared. But I went to line three, and this is what scared <laughs> <you>. <laughs> Hey, we had some people that we had to make sure didn't go on air. Oh, okay. And uh, But I was never yelling at you for five minutes, was I? No, you saved that oh, for me. That was, that was, was a Linda special. I... That was for me. You didn't give that to anybody and else. You, and you've liked her more than me ever since well, then. I like so. both of you, but I said, oh, I don't know about that. I said one thing to her 10 I'm, years I'm ago. Getting, I'm getting alive. compared to everybody else today. I don't know. I said one thing. I said, could you screen a little faster? You that definitely was, did not say that's that. That's all it was. You make nope. it out like it's some Andrew Cuomo No, no, thing. no. Oh, my God. I did not. That's terrible. I would never do that. I wouldn't compare the dirt on the ground to that guy. Forget right. about it. Anyway. Oh, my God. <laughs> Good Lord. And look at Linda now. She uh, Next thing you know, she's the... Junior producer, then the wow, senior junior? producer. Do you know that's not a real position? There's then no she's such the executive thing as producer. producer. Well, you used to be a bunch of Now she's in charge of everything. Now I'm just the boss. She's keep the it very boss simple. As everything. I tell Sean, he's the talent, I'm the boss. It's a wonderful partnership. Yeah, no, it's very good. He so likes that. Linda said you're taking Tuesday off and you're going to cook some turnips. That's what I said. Who has ever had a turnip? What? I love turnips. Nice. I guarantee if you did a poll of the audience, everyone would love turnips. <laughs> I don't think so. so uh, <laughs> Uh, anyway, I'm watching, hey, the, uh, Kyle Rittenhouse case, this is something to talk about. So I, I, I love watching MSNBC when there's something like that. Cause I can't wait. It's so funny to watch them. So I'll watch it all day today. They never mentioned it. <laughs> they never mentioned it again. 
The whole day is about white supremacy. White supremacy. This is all. It's the biggest thing in uh, MSNBC. The biggest concern is white supremacy. So believe it or not, this is true. I don't want to mention any names, but a certain local news station here decided, watching this, we'll do a piece on this white supremacy here in New York. So they look for a white supremacist here in New York. They can't find one anywhere. So they contact the police department, the NYPD, looking. Could they refer to the white supremacists that they're tracking? And the NYPD responds, we're not tracking any. We don't, we've never encountered any white supremacists. Now, I'm sure there are white supremacists. Probably if you went to a mountain somewhere in the Appalachians, there's some white supremacists. Or maybe in some prison somewhere, there's a group that calls themselves white supremacists. Outside of that... Has anybody ever encountered a white supremacist? Uh, have you ever heard of anything with whites? The last time I heard of this was uh, Morton Downey Jr. getting uh, beaten up in that, remember, in the airport bathroom? And it turned out he made it up. They weren't white supremacists. It wasn't anybody. So uh, this is the uh, argument. Now, you'd like to think, we thought this from the beginning, when uh, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris took over, that uh, these two idiots, this confused old man and this uh, giggling woman, they're not running things. There's a mastermind behind this. And it was believed that it might be Barack Obama, that he was the mastermind pulling the strings. Then uh, some people thought, well, it's some George Soros-like figure that's orchestrating everything. Biden is the puppet and Kamala Harris and some mastermind. Well, after watching these two, for almost a year now, I think we can all agree, there's no mastermind here. It really is this bumbling old man and this giggling idiot vice president running things. And Biden will go down in history. They'll be teaching this in business schools for years. He will go down in history as the single worst personnel director ever in history. This collection of idiots he calls a cabinet. This Pete Buttigieg has absolutely no qualification at all to be Secretary of Transportation. This supply chain crisis is the simplest thing you could ever encounter. It's just unloading ships. You got to get uh, the crates off the ship and get some trucks. And it's not that complicated to figure. If this were Donald Trump, he would be standing on that dock in that port. He'd get every union boss, port head, shipping head, put them all together. They would yell and scream for an hour till they got this settled. If all else failed, there's two divisions in the military. That's all they do is run supply chains. He'd have them come in. There's uh, 80, 80 ships sitting off the coast. He'd have them unloaded in a week. It's really simple. Like, I, I can understand it's tough to win World War II. It's complicated. But if you just wanted to pull your guys out of Afghanistan, it's basically packing and getting on a plane. <laughs> it's just get the civilians. They pack. You put them on a plane. You leave. The troops leave. You take the weapons or you destroy them on the runway. It's, that, it's pretty simple. They couldn't even handle this. So you've got the dumbest defense secretary ever, this bumbling Lloyd Austin. You've got this General Milley, who's a moron. You've got this uh, energy secretary, Granholm, who's a complete idiot. You ask her one question about oil prices, she starts laughing on TV. Uh, Did you hear about the video, by the way? Have you pl- played that on your show? Which video? So she actually made, and I am not kidding, we have it. We have her laughing, which we can play. Yeah. But we have her singing a song about getting rid of gasoline and energy. It's a real thing. Do you have this? And we have a video. It's a video of her singing with like rappers and other singers. It's, I, I'm like, it can't be real. It's real. It's okay. a real thing. I rest my case. You remember uh, like the Bush, George Bush, and it was like James Baker and these 
Colin Powell and these great, uh, now it's this giggling, laughing, singing Jennifer Granholm. This John Kerry is put in charge of climate change. He's so stupid. He actually says, uh, we only have 10 years of coal left. It turns out we have 500 years of coal left. It turns out we have 200 years of gas left. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Now listen to Jennifer Granholm. Here's the energy secretary. You're making me cold. You're turning me off. I'm breaking this relationship. Makes you want to get up and dance, right? Well, she's actually hitting the notes. Uh, that's auto tune. Yeah, that's auto tune. <laughs> Do you want to talk to the audience? Uh, I'm sorry, I was stunned. I couldn't. I couldn't speak. Uh, all right, you're, good. you're motionless. I was. You know what? I was more fascinated by auto tune can correct the note and get you right on pitch. But the more auto tune, the more it starts flanging and making that uh, whooshy digital noise. There was a ton of it there, which means that auto tune was cranked up to about a hundred uh, just to get her on key. So. And think about this. You've got the worst president ever, and he manages to find somebody dumber than him to be the vice president to ensure against impeachment. And did anybody notice this? They had the first cabinet meeting in months, three months, first cabinet meeting two weeks ago, and they scheduled it for a week where she is out of the country. What does that tell you? (laughs) What does that tell you? Now, Democrats... Uh, no, they're going to get wiped out in 2022, but the big question is 2024. Should anything happen to uh, Biden? I know he's busy saying he will run in 2024, but uh, I mean, let's be honest. If he wanted a life insurance policy, would you give it to him right no, now? No, and where is he running? Yeah. Where is he running? Who is running with him? Kamala is not running with him. Well, that's the problem. they got to figure out what to do about her. They gotta, Joe doesn't know his name. Uh, he, no, but they got to figure out what to do about her. She's got to go. they got to get her out of the vice presidency. It can be done. She'd have to resign. I don't know what you'd have to give her to resign. And then you'd have to pick somebody else because that person would be the new uh, candidate when Joe goes. And who's that? Well, normally you go to your cabinet, but this is the biggest collection of idiots ever. So you'd have to go to a successful Democratic governor, which would be... (sighs) (laughs) Drum roll, please. I'm like, uh... Wait a minute here. Uh... Long pause. Long, Successful long. Democratic governor. Uh, okay, so you'd, okay, forget that. You'd have to get a very successful, popular Democratic senator. Uh, you know, normally, uh, well, this is a problem. I don't know. Again, I don't know who the mastermind of this Democrat. You'd have to somehow get Obama back and change a, a constitutional amendment or so. I, I don't know. So they're in real trouble. I think it's your turn. I think it's it's time for you. I would never go into politics. I think you should. I think you'd be great at it. Never. I'd stink at you it. you got a good laugh. You could laugh like her. You could do it all day long. You said the first time I worked with you, I yelled at you. I you did yell at me. I would have preferred the laughing. So, okay. You, I, no, I would be no good in politics. But the uh, so this is Bill O'Reilly's uh, point from... Uh, a while back, uh, and he, I think he's right. That there's going to be the biggest meltdown of Democrats, of progressives. This whole thing of close the prisons, let everybody out of jail, defund the police. Uh, you, you just look at what's going on in California. San Francisco's lost. We're about to lose Los Angeles. Beverly Hills is getting looted like crazy. People are watching this, 
And, you know, you talk about going too far. We don't need any police. We don't need jails. We don't, this is going to blow up. I think he's right. Uh, let's say spring of next year, it starts to really blow up in their faces. And the timing is perfect. It'll just all blow up on them as the midterms are coming. Uh, there may be no Democrats in the House or Senate uh, next year. But then what do we do about the rhinos? Ah, that's a handful of people. Oh, my. What? Well, how many rhinos? Uh, I don't know. I would say about 100 of them. Uh, okay. I'm telling you, I want term limits. I want a clean house. I want yeah, all okay, the things. Yeah, okay, okay. There should be term limits. Uh, I mean, we'll never get it, but. Yeah. So, and then you got you got rhinos, and then you got Liz Cheney, who's like be, oh. beyond rhino. She'd have to, like, really go right to be a rhino. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she, She's uh, ready for the view right now. No, yeah, man. She needs to be a co-host for sure. Uh, Anyway, uh, hey, we'll take some calls in a minute. Lou Dobbs is going to be with us a little later, and then we're going to have a big breaking story for you in the next hour that you will not believe about that January 6th commission uh, and the fake, phony ridiculousness of that commission. Uh, But we'll take some calls in a minute. 1-800-941-SEAN is the number. Mark Simone. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, uh, all of that stuff. And don't forget, watch Hannity every night at 9 and check out Hannity.com. Well, so what does Kyle Rittenhouse actually do now? He said in the interview he's going to Arizona uh, State and he's going to study there. But remember Nicholas Sandman, uh, who's got a great legal team together, went after all the networks and they all had to settle with him. They had no way to defend themselves. So he is now worth, uh, what would you say, two, three hundred million? At least. At least three hundred million. This kid is worth three hundred million. So uh, Kyle Rittenhouse would have the same success. He can go after all those anchors that called him a racist, called him a white supremacist. Joe Biden, the Supreme Court has ruled that even if you're president, anything you did as a private citizen, you can be sued while in the White House. So, uh, and imagine that if you sue Joe Biden, you can open up his finances and start to look into his bank records. That's a very wealthy family, that, that Biden family. And, uh, it could be. So, this, uh, this, and I'm sure he's going to do it. He sounded like he was going to do it. Uh, if you watched that interview last night on uh, Fox News, so Kyle Rittenhouse could, uh, in a year or so, be worth a couple of hundred million dollars. He could buy his own ambulance. He could have his own uh, medical team. You know, that was his thing, wanting to be a medic. You could go to Kenosha, and there might be a massive. He Kyle, did help people. He, he did. did. No, I'm saying he did help people, but. Uh, a year from now, you might see the Kyle Rittenhouse uh, Medical Center in uh, Kenosha. Well, if you had a couple hundred million, and that's what you wanted to do, uh, you know, maybe put that Arizona State on hold. You might not need that. You might. I mean, the problem is now is where is he going to go to get his good name back? That's well, the problem. That's where you go. You make those networks uh, pay you and issue retractions. I think I would be- love the Biden idea. I think it's brilliant. Yeah, go after the president. That case. Uh, hey, Lou Dobbs will be with us. We'll talk to him in the next hour. Mark Simone for Sean Hannity.